Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this day, this holy Sabbath day, Lord. We ask that as we study your words, that we will be impressed by the Spirit of God, that you will lead this discussion, that the Spirit of God rest, rule, and abide in our hearts and our minds. Help us to clear up, um, to have good clarifying discussion, dear Lord, and let there not be a, any confusion reigning over this discussion. And above all things, Lord, let us write your words in our hearts and our minds so we will not sin against you and that we will be saved. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm glad you mentioned that word discussion, class, because this is a discussion. It's not a lecture. So I'm not going to be the only one speaking. And those of you who have to uh, speak up during between bites of food. And, and remember, everybody's opinion counts. Hopefully you've already studied the chapter. And even though you might study the chapter, it still doesn't mean that you know everything. So don't feel like you don't know everything. And nobody knows everything except the Lord, as we found out. Last time we studied about the close of probation, nobody knows when the close of probation is, except for God. He's the only one that knows. So no matter how much we study, we can never find out when the actual date probation closes. So there's many things in the Bible that we can't understand, uh, but there's enough in there that we can be saved. And that's what really matters. All right. So feel comfortable and free to speak up if you have a comment or want to let us know something that you learned through your studies. Uh, we're on page 238, chapter 17, and it says, solemn events before us are yet to transpire or yet to happen. Trumpet after trumpet is to be sounded, vial after vial poured out, one after another upon the inhabitants of the earth. Uh, when I was reading that, I thought, wow, that sounds pretty interesting one after another. So what is that telling us is going to be the result of these plagues? Anybody would have thought about the phrase one after another? It's going to be coming. It's not going to be like one and then the rest and then two. It's just going to be one behind the other. It's going to be coming. Uh, right. And it's not going to be any relief because we right now we're in this pandemic and people are just waiting for things to get back to normal. But when the seven last plagues are poured out, there's not going to be any getting back to normal. It's going to be one event after the other. Yeah. So it won't be any reprieve, won't be any peace and safety, as people are going to try to say. Uh, but it'll just be boom, 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 all the way through seven. And then next thing we see, Christ will be coming in clouds of glory. So what does that mean for us as Christians? Where, what should we be doing? How should we be acting? And what should we be saying? Should we just sit still and let the pandemic keep us locked up in the house? Well, we used to be do what we used to do. We're supposed to be studying the Bible. Um, we're supposed to be praying, fasting for the Lord, and um, getting um, right closer to God so that He can sanctify us. We're supposed to be witnessing and sharing and warning people that you know the, the uh, second coming is here, and um, you know, living for Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing. If that means that, you know, if you're a housebound, just do what you can do wherever you are. Okay. Do what you can do wherever you are. Amen. Warning people, studying, praying. Anyone else? What should we be doing? Knowing that as soon as the plague start, it's going to be one after another until the end. Well, part of that, a part of what Lakita was saying and encompassing that is uh, getting our lamps trimmed and burning. What does that know mean? That it means that we we need to be, um, excuse me, we need to have confessed and forsaken all sin, and uh, be ready when Jesus comes because we know that when the plague we know that the probation closes before the plagues come. So um, once the once you know the plagues come, if you're not if you're not righteous now, then you will never be. Everything mm. will have been decided. So. We need to be taking our stand for Christ now. Interesting. Anyone else? What should we be doing as Christians? Well, when we look at, you know, the Bible and you look at the story of Noah, uh, that time period, and we see Noah as a servant of God, and we can understand what is expected of our, out of us as this end time unfold. Also, when we look at when Christ walked the earth, 
remember before Christ got to John the Baptist, John the Baptist was doing a, a particular work and then he made a statement when he saw Jesus. So when we go back and look at look at those scenes, uh, the answer will be clear to us. But one last point, the book that we're reading now, if you go back and read chapter four through chapter six, then you'll get in specific details about exactly uh, what is expected and what God is trying to reveal to us and what we should be doing. Because it talks about, you know, the devotion of the remnant, the lifestyle of the remnant, and all those other chapters, chapter four, five, and six. Okay, good. It talks about God's last day church, right? Anyone else? What should we be doing as Christians knowing that the seven last plagues are coming, and once they start, they will not stop. Praying, yeah. Okay, we should be doing all those things. And also it's our call uh, as last day Christians to spread the warning message to others. You know, let other people know, hey, the, the earth is about to close, earth's history is about to close, and we all need to be getting our lives right in Jesus Christ. So. Once the, uh, as Karen mentioned, the plagues only start after probation is closed. So, and again, we don't know when that is. So we need to be out and about spreading the gospel message to our family, friends, and relatives. If you have any family member that you feel concerned for, now is the time to let them know. Don't wait until it's too late and then say, hey, you know, I always wanted to tell you about Jesus because then it's too late. So let's remember, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. And if we hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. So we need to let our family, friends, relatives, friends, neighbors, everyone know that these things are, what we're seeing now is just the beginning of sorrows. It's going to get a lot worse. In fact, it says on page 238, there's four mighty angels Four mighty angels holding back the power of the earth till the servants of God are sealed in their foreheads. Why do you think it's four angels? Couldn't there be like a million angels? Why does it say four? I think because they represent the four, uh, I guess, poles of the earth, north, south, east, and west. Okay. And Lakita mentioned they're holding back the four corners of the earth. It's just a number uh, symbolizing the completeness of it. Mm -hmm. The four angels are holding back uh, everything that's going on in this planet, everything that the devil wants to go on completely. They're holding it back until the time when God says to let loose. Right now, they're restraining the devil from doing all the evil that he wants to because, as I said, God wants to make sure that he seals his servants in their foreheads. So now, as we had talked about, it's our job, our duty, our responsibility, our calling to warn people and let them know what's coming. Because once the angels start letting loose, as they, can, as they cease holding in check the winds of human passion, then all the elements of strife will be let loose. You know, we think now that human beings are evil. We think now that evil angels do a lot of damage and death and destruction. We think now that the devil is out to kill everyone. When they release those winds of strife, that's when we're really going to see some humans acting like real evil angels and demons. You know, I remember back, I think it was maybe 81 when Rodney King got beat. And I couldn't believe that human beings would treat another human being like that. They just unmercifully beat him. And now they're to the point to where they're just unmercifully shooting other human beings for nothing. So just imagine if, if people are doing this now, what's going to happen when the winds of strife are loosed and human beings and evil angels can just do whatever in the world they feel like doing. It's unimaginable. I was thinking too that, uh, has anybody ever been downtown to the uh, Veterans Memorial? We have a Veterans Memorial building downtown. And it kind of talks about all the different wars that go on, have gone on in, in the past and saluting the veterans who served. But one of the things that drew my interest was they have a lot of different um, implements of war. They have a lot of torture uh, contraptions, a lot of uh, weapons. 
And I was looking at some of these think, uh, items thinking, who in the world thought this up? You know, who would think of some of these things to do to another person? Well, that's what the devil in, inspires people to do. And so if they can think of those type of things before, just think of what's going to happen later when the angels are no longer holding people back from what they want to do. It's really amazing the depths uh, to where human depravity can go without, the, without God in a person's life. Anyone else would comment on that? And Lee, you know, during the mid, the mid ages, the dark ages, as they say, during the Crusades, how they used to kill the Christians and torture the Christians and some of the horrific um, inventions that they came up with to torture Christians. Mm -hmm. of, course they had, of course, they had the guillotine. Of course, they had the racks where they would literally pull your limbs from your body in different directions. They would use human beings as torches to light up the Colosseums as they saw the, the people, the Christians being torn alive from the, the lions. This was all sport, entertainment. Mm -hmm. So now you can imagine the depravity of man in these, in these times. Um, how we were desensitized towards pain and death, you know, during the movies, watching these movies, shooting them up the videos, where, where we're being entertained, seeing God's children being shot and raped and murdered. So Satan has, has, has desensitized the spiritual sensibilities and love in the, in the, in the minds uh, and hearts of man. And that's one of the one of the signs of the last days that the hearts of man would wax cold. Anytime you could see a, a police officer who's supposed to uphold the law, would put a knee on a man's neck for nine minutes and literally just choke him to death. And then another policeman holding the, the young man's uh, uh, shirt tail and shooting him with the other hand seven times in the back. And then you have people that are uh, uh, celebrating and 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 um, you know protecting uh, the, and, and and trying to say that that was all, that was justified uh, justified shooting. So we just see that the, the the consciousness of society has just totally waxed cold. Hmm. Isn't that something? And also, uh, they say that that verse, "The love of many shall wax cold," is speaking about people who consider themselves Christians. Mm -hmm. right. So Christians are supposed to represent God who is love, and yet it's saying that the love of many is going to turn cold. The love of the church family is going to turn cold. Can you imagine the church family becoming cruel and cold to you? Nobody wants to imagine it, but it will happen. Well, you know, Ali, I think about the fact that, you know, as things get closer and closer to the end, we're going to be putting more and more into straight places. Like right now, we feel like, oh, my goodness, we're um, under these stay-at-home orders. And, uh, you know, how people, I was saying how they just want to get back to normal. And mm. I said, what if we're, we're, what if we're at the top of the pit and, you know, we're not even in the pit yet? And people are going to, and if, if that happens and we end up in a pit, people are going to be, it, it makes me think of feral cats. You know, they're going to be squashing and fighting and everything else just to get something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that's human nature. When you feel like it's not enough, of course, it's every man and woman for themselves. Right. And, just... and, and Christians are not going to be exempt from that because, because Christians, if it, well, I'll put it like this, Christians who have not made their calling and election sure, who do not have their lamps trimmed and burning are not going to be exempt from mm -hmm. that world mentality of, let me just get whatever I can get now. I don't care who it harms or, you know. Right. Uh, So-called so Christians. In mm. Mark 13, verses 6, um, 7, 8, 9, it says, uh, and many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. 
For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrow. Mm-hmm. Take heed to yourselves, for they shall be given you up to councils, and in the synagogues you shall be beaten, you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake. So really, uh, as you were saying, Karen, <clears throat> we're at the beginning of sorrow. And people are just, you know, like having fits and they're going to just party and do what they want to do and then come out with the coronavirus and say they wish they had done it. <laughs> but we're at the beginning. I can't imagine really how bad it's going to be. I don't think any of us can imagine that. Now, it's interesting that we just mentioned that God is love. So how is it that a God of love can pour out these last plagues upon the world? On page 240, it says, it's the glory of God to be merciful, full of forbearance, kindness, goodness, and truth. But the justice shown in punishing the sinner is as verily the glory of the Lord as is the manifestation of his mercy. So how is punishing the sinner just as much how is punishing the sinner merciful? How can they both be one and the same? Well, you know what? <clears throat> later on, and this is gonna, it's in the chapter later on, where um, she writes how rules, and I'm going to paraphrase it, laws without, um, without um, punishment, yeah, penalty, without punishment, there's no power in those laws. I mean, this, this is a law, and there is a consequence, and right up front it says, uh, the soul that sinned, it shall die, and the wages of sin is death, and so this is... Um, Justice is the way it is. He's given us all these opportunities, and when we, in, you know, intentionally refute and refuse to do what God tells us to do, we earn our wage, and the wage is death. Hmm. Okay. Anyone else? How can punishment be merciful? How can a God of mercy still punish sinners? Well, it's almost like taking up. Uh, animal out of its misery um you have to put them down um but you know that god will give you the desires of your heart those who um persistently reject the love and mercy of god god will turn you over to your god to the person to whom you obey the master which would be satan that you have enjoined yourself. You have totally rejected the mercy of God. So God will give you what you really desire. So you take yourself out of the protection of God by your persistence, your persistent rejection. You know, we used to always say, well, God will never leave you nor forsake you, but you will leave him and forsake him. And, mm-hmm. and, God, and you will not have the protection of, of the angels by your own actions, by your own decision. You place yourself into the hands of Satan because God is trying to protect us as long as we stay under his lordship. But by our own persistence and rejection of God's mercy, we place ourselves uh, uh, in danger and in peril. Hmm. Have mercy. Well, we have to uh, understand you know who's God delivering uh, the punishment to first of all then we look at the overall you know how people say when I look back over my life and we see how God has brought us mm-hmm. one thing we should realize is that grace and mercy have followed us all the days of our life up to this point. Now there's a thing called justice. So God have issued part one, so to speak, to humanity. We're giving them mercy and grace. And we see that side of God to show uh, that his love, his forbearance, and his character is truly uh, what we have been experienced throughout our life. Now we come to this point that the warning messages that God was given, uh, the instruction 
uh, and even the consequences from the information that we have read about in the Bible. Now, this is beginning phase two uh, of what we're going to experience right before the final judgment. Hmm. Okay. Hi, Alvina. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Glad you're joining us. Now, I was, uh, Lakita had mentioned about law with no penalties of no force. You know, does it make any sense that if you have a child and you say, okay, Johnny, don't eat any of those cookies, and Johnny eats a cookie, and you say, I told you not to eat those cookies, he eats another cookie. Johnny, I told you not to eat those cookies. He eats three more cookies. I told you, Johnny, qu quit eating those cookies. What difference does that make to him? Makes absolutely no difference. If there's no punishment, there really is no law. Even though you say there's a law, if a person can just violate it without any uh, results or repercussions, then it's not truly a law. The same way with God's law. Uh, when Moses asked God to show him to himself, uh, God said, okay, Moses, I'm gonna hide you in this cleft of the rock and then I'll walk past and you can see the back part of me, but not my face. And when he walked by, he said, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and long-suffering, but will in no wise excuse the guilty. So he is at both loving and merciful, but he's also fair and just. So those two characteristics are going to come together. Mercy and justice will kiss each other in God's great judgment. And as Paul had mentioned, is, take, is putting sin to an end. That's a very merciful thing to do to just take take sin out totally. And that's how God is going to do it. And that's why grace and mercy descend from the throne and justice takes their place at that point. And you know, it's called God's strange act because for so long as Tori was mentioning, we're just so used to God's mercy and his love being around us and, and taking care of us. But at this last, uh, at the last judgment, it's justice taking over now. There is no more mercy for the guilty at that point. But there's a lot of people in our society who feel that God is so loving and so kind that he would never punish the sinner. He would never destroy anyone. But that's what, that's kind of like uh, what we would like to happen as sinful people. Sure, we'd like to get away with everything and never be punished or held accountable for it, but that's not how it works. It's like, uh, Karen, when you go to court and you prosecute a criminal or whatever, and then the judge makes a ruling, does the criminal get to choose his punishment? Nope. No, he what happens? That would be crazy. <laughs> It'd be nice for the criminals, but what happens at that point after judgment? Well, at that point, they're sentenced. Right, and then the judge executes the punishment. Mm-hmm not the criminal. So we can't say to God, you're too good and kind to punish anybody. Just let everybody go to heaven. Mm -hmm. It's his decision. He's the judge. He's the righteous judge. If it was up to us, I would really be afraid because we don't have that type of judgment. We don't but have you know, the right to judge one another either. Go mm -hmm. ahead. Well, you know, Satan perpetuates that lie that there's really not going to be any, 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 uh, punishment for the things that we have done wrong, you know, and uh, a, a, a cousin to what you were talking about is some people think everybody's gone to heaven that passed away, mm -hmm. you know, which is, which is actually two errors, not just one error. <laughs> hmm. Have mercy. It's a lot of darkness out in the world talking about spiritual darkness. And uh, there are people who truly believe what they're, what they think they know, and there are some who are still deceived. So again, that's our purpose: is to spread the truth of God's holy word. And if we hear a person who is struggling with an issue, uh, they have a wrong understanding according to the scriptures of something going on in life, or or their hope for the afterlife, then God gives us wisdom to speak a word in due season you know, at the appropriate time, the appropriate manner as the Holy Spirit leads us and to say something to that person. Now, you know, Karen just mentioned about people who think their relatives go straight to heaven. 
if you are at a funeral and the person's loved one has passed away, that's not a good time to correct them about what they believe. You know, they're already grieving and you would just be adding fuel to the fire at that point. But later on, you can talk to them, you know, whenever the Lord leads you and you can talk to them about what God's word says occurs after death and not use, you know, so many people who are basing their opinions just on TV shows or movies they saw or what one of their friends said, but we need to base our beliefs on the true word of God, his holy scriptures. Uh, you know, Lee, it's so funny because uh, I think the key thing that you said is, is consult the Holy Spirit as to when is the right time to bring it back up because you never know. That might be the only time you get. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the Holy Spirit is, should be the only judge of that. Uh, I remember having a girl sitting in my office one time and she started talking about how because her husband's brother had passed, had gotten killed in a car accident and so she in that and one of the nights after that i mean it wasn't the same day or anything like that but uh mm-hmm. the tv came on in the middle of the night and so she asked him she said you turn that on he said no i turned it on so they turned it off and then a few minutes later the tv came back on so she told her husband you know that's your brother trying to reach you and i mm-hmm. said okay holy spirit <laughs> Okay. <laughs> do I keep my mouth shut or do I say something? And the mm. Holy Spirit said, speak. The Holy Spirit said, don't let her leave this office with that error in her mind, you know? <laughs> and so I yeah. spoke, you know? What you tell her? I told her that that was not uh, his brother and that the dead know not anything. And I pointed out some scriptures to her. And I said, so no, that was not his brother trying to communicate with him. Was she mad at you for telling her the truth? No. Mm-mm. I mean, she received it, and I don't know what she did with it when she went home. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. That's an excellent point for all of us. Remember, that's why we're studying and praying now, so that we can hear the Holy Spirit's voice speaking to us in every situation, good or bad. We want to know God's voice. When he tells us to move, that's when we move. And not of our own volition, but of as God leads us. Uh, over on page 242, it says that judgments come when God removes his protection. It says, I was shown that the judgments of God would not come directly out from the Lord upon them. But in this way, they place themselves beyond his protection. He warns, corrects, reproves, points out the path of safety. Then if those who have been objects of his special care will follow their own course independent of the spirit of God. After repeated warnings, if they choose their own way, he does not commission his angels to prevent Satan's attacks upon them. We talked about that uh, last time too, about uh, what were your angels when you go on to Satan's ground? And we had talked about that a little bit. Well, the Lord, if you're, as I said, he's repeatedly warned you and you choosing your own way, then he doesn't commission his angels to protect you at that point. They might be with you, so to speak, but they're not going to protect you if you continually put yourself out there on the devil's ground for your own personal selfish reasons. Now, there's times where we are out doing God's will, passing out literature, giving Bible studies, doing evangelistic outreach, feeding the poor, whatever, where we've been in some bad neighborhoods, right? (laughs) You know, we've been around some bad people, We've seen a lot of things happen that are are definitely evil, but we were on God's uh, mission so that his angels did protect us and keep us. But if we were just out there, I guess you call it slanging and banging, hanging with the homies and something happens, then God has warned us many times to avoid even even the resemblance of evil. So we have to be very careful to hear God's voice and to go where he leads and not allow ourselves to be out there on the devil's ground unprotected. And when the seven last plagues fall, who are those plagues going to be affecting? The wicked. Why? Why are they only affecting the wicked? Because God's people are going to be protected. God's people are (laughs) sealed at that point. Right. And the wicked have passed... 
Right. And there would be no point in any martyrs anymore after that because probation has ended. Probation is closed. Exactly. So we've made the choice. Uh, Alvina said correctly, it's, the, it's on the wicked. They're the ones who chose not to follow God. Those who have accepted Christ are protected from, from the evil that the devil is going to be bringing upon the, upon the uh, earth. So guys, it says over on 243 that at times, holy angels did exercise destructive power, though. Uh, at the Battle of Jericho, uh, they took down, tore down the walls. And uh, when they fought the Assyrian army in one night, killed 185,000 men. And I always thought to myself, wow, that's unbelievable. Then also in the judgment of Herod, the angels were an active part. And uh, when the angel, a single angel destroyed the firstborn of Egypt, with that plague. So God does use his angels to perform certain acts. But if you see the little note down at the bottom of 243, it says the sinner must himself bear full responsibility for the punishment that's meted out to him. Ellen White states, God destroys no one. The sinner destroys himself by his own impenitence. So we know that God loves us and he wants everyone to be saved but when we continually ignore him and uh, don't follow his direction and push aside his Holy Spirit and refuse to listen, then by our own choice, we are choosing destruction. We're not choosing life. He says, choose this day whom you will serve. Uh, choose life that you may live. And people choose by their own self, uh, selfish choices and decisions to choose death instead of life. And many times, you know, when renting property, uh, I go over the lease with the tenants before they move in. I show them the lease. And, you know, we get to the part to where if you don't pay, you're going to get evicted. And I point out to them, I said, I don't evict you. You evict yourself by not paying. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it sounds kind of funny, but it's the truth. I didn't evict you. You didn't pay. And now you're getting evicted. It's your choice. So it's the same with uh, destruction from sin. People choose to follow the devil and they choose to ignore God. So they're the ones choosing that punishment. We have to be very careful. The same power that the holy angels have, the evil angels have when God permits it. Does anyone know off the top of their head what the first plague is gonna be? The swords. Exactly, yeah. Noisome or a hurtful, grievous sore upon those which have the mark of the beast. Again, probation is closed at this point. So those who are righteous are righteous still. Those who are filthy are filthy still. So that sore is gonna fall upon uh, those who have accepted the devil as their leader. And then what's the second plague? Anybody? The blood, water, something. Yeah, the sea became as blood. Remember in the Egyptian plagues, yeah. the water turned to blood. And that's going to happen. Every living soul died in the sea. Now, I want to remind you, too, that in this book, uh, she doesn't go into detail about all these plagues. But there's it's been written about in numerous other books, so you can look for more details there. This book's kind of giving us an overview of what's going to occur. But it doesn't go into detail about exactly everything. So uh, that's where you follow-up uh-huh what doesn't go into detail what are you what are you talking about well just like here it says a noise and griefs is sore falls yeah. upon the men that's just an overview there's more details about what type of sore what happened to the people uh the sea becoming as blood what does that really mean there's other okay. books you can read like bible commentary you can look in the great controversy and they'll add some more detail to what she's just okay. mentioning yeah, it doesn't go into everything in this book. Oh, uh, because I got an Andrew's study Bible. Yeah, it probably mentions a little something too. Just okay. another area for us to do further study because like I was saying, nobody knows everything. There's been whole books written on each of these plagues and we're just kind of going over it here during our discussion class. It says the, uh, during the plagues falling upon the inhabitants of the earth, there were some who were cussing God and denouncing him. But what were some of the other people doing? What were some of the other wicked doing that weren't cursing God and denouncing him? 
that were not what they doing? Biting their tongues? I don't know. Gnawing on their tongues in pain? Okay. Anybody else? What were they? some of the other wicked doing? They, they were enraged. They were enraged that uh, the Christians thinking that uh, the plagues and judgments of God was falling on them because of us, those that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus, and they're gonna, uh, they're gonna uh, have the uh, imprison them. Death decrees gonna be placed upon them as a result of those, those first two plagues. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how far down you are, Lee, but uh, also that forty-four at the bottom. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. So I'm 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 ahead of you then. Okay, never mind. Mm -hmm. They would be asking how to escape the judgment. Who are they asking? The righteous. Okay, and what what then happened? There was nothing that could be done because it was too late at that point. Yeah, this it sounds sad, doesn't it? But again, that's why we need to be out and about doing God's will now, because when the time closes, we won't have opportunity to witness to people. Then. Hey, excuse me. Mm -hmm. I was uh, had a Bible open. What was said? The fourth bowl, men are scorched. I mean, the fifth bowl, doctors in pain. That's why I came up with the. They would be gnawing their tongues in pain. I didn't just come out of the top of my head. I got it from the Bible. But I wouldn't follow oh, yeah, along with what y'all was reading. It... Yeah, we know. <laughs> we didn't think you was making it up. But it's interesting, again, uh, some of the people curse God. Some of the people ask, you know, the saints, how can we escape this punishment? So when you think about Calvary, what did one of the thieves next to Jesus ask for? For he to remember him when he gets to heaven. Right. He wanted to be saved too, right? And what mm -hmm. the other thief asked for. But he said, he said, if you, you know. Your mute came on, Karen. He said, if you are him, then bring us down off this cross. Right. Kind of a scoffer. So some he was denouncing God and saying, if you really God, get us out of here. The other one was actually looking for salvation. So mm -hmm. there will be some who will denounce God and scoff and blame the righteous for what's happening. And there will be some who are really trying to get help, but it's just too late. Mm -hmm. It's just too late. There's nothing that, that's why it says the saints don't have anything for you because there's nothing that the saints can do. Mm -hmm. It's over with at that point. So again, don't cry for people after it's too late. Like they say, give people their roses while they're alive and can smell them. We need to be talking to people about the love of Christ while they can still uh, repent and be saved. Uh, what's the, the third plague that comes then? First one was the noisome uh, sore. The second was the sea become as blood. What's the third? The water turns to blood. The rivers, yeah, the rivers. water. Mm -hmm. The rivers. So it was the sea. The, the sea was the second one. Then the rivers and also fountains of waters are like uh, springs, underground springs and stuff. And uh, then it also says on that paragraph on 245, by condemning the people of God to death, which is what Paul was relating to, they have as truly incurred the guilt of their blood as if it had been shed by their hands. So here's another legal question. If I'm driving a car and you you in the car with me and you jump out and shoot somebody and kill them and the police catch the two of us which of us is guilty of murder both <laughs> why well you're in a car with them well 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 potentially both it depends on whether or not the other one knew anything about what was getting ready to happen you'll be yeah. charged on both of y'all well, well, that's that's debatable. If you picked up a stranger on the street and he jumped and he jumped out of a car out of your moving car and shot somebody, then you know. <laughs> but if you drive the car and you say, "Come on, Freddie, we're gonna get this dude," and he kills him, okay, now yeah. you're guilty. 
Now you're guilty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. when it's talking about by condemning the people of God to death, those people who have been involved with passing this, the uh, death decree, trying to track people down, pointing people out, they're just as guilty as if they had actually been the one to kill that person mm -hmm. because they were actually involved in that uh, effort. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the fourth plague that comes? That's the one you mentioned, Alvina. Yes. Men the sun's going to be yeah. beaming. Yeah. You know, the sun getting hotter and hotter every year anyway. I mean, you know, climate right. change. Right. The sun's doing what? It's getting hotter and hotter every year. Oh, the climate change. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Well, the, what, what did you say? I mean, the sun is getting hotter. The sun's not getting hotter. It's just that. Not the, the sun. When you, I didn't mean the, well, the, you know, the heat. layer. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Is, uh... The sun feels hotter and hotter. Put it like that. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. Forty-five said it's no climate change. Climate change going on. Well, he lies about everything. So. <laughs> not everything. <laughs> <laughs> What yeah, doesn't he lie about Alvina? I'm sorry, what? I'm gonna bite. What doesn't he lie about, Alvina? That he doesn't lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lie. So that's not one. That's I'm not trying to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very interesting that there is a lot of things going on with the earth that a lot of people are not aware of. You know, like the global warming, the icebergs melting faster, the sea levels rising, the ozone layers becoming depleted, letting in more heat, as well as uh, letting in more harmful rays from the sun. Uh, we were watching a documentary last night where this island of Kiribati, it's only about five feet above sea level now. And now with the ocean rising more, they figure they're going to be underwater in about a couple years. So they're actually buying up other property to move the inhabitants of that island to a different place. Yeah, so there's a lot going on in this world that we just don't even know about. Uh, there's water shortages continually, famines everywhere you look. But here in America, we're so blessed that we don't even pay attention to what other countries are going through. Go ahead, Alvina. Fires. Yeah. Fires everywhere. Seems like it's always burning in California. Yep. So, you know, don't get don't get locked into your own little world. This is a big planet and there's a lot going on now. And again, the Lord says to watch and pray because things will be happening around the globe that are all part and parcel of the events of Revelation. Now, when these plagues happen, is it going to hit everybody at one time, the whole planet? No, I don't think so. I don't know. No, it's not. That's that's why that's why this pandemic cannot be one of the last plagues because it's hitting everybody everywhere. Hmm. Uh, what'd you say, Lakita? No, I'm agreeing. Okay. Yeah, they're not universal. Otherwise, everybody would be dead instantly. <laughs> you know, the whole world would be wholly cut off. She says. Yet there'll be the most awful scourges that have ever been known to mortals. So we've had a lot of plagues in the world, but these are going to be the worst anybody has ever seen. We're on 246. We're on the fifth plague, 246. What's the fifth plague going to be? Darkness and pain. Yeah, darkness, uh-huh. And remember, that was one of the plagues of Egypt also, darkness, dense darkness. Yeah, let, 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 I want to talk about darkness. Okay, this plague, this fifth plague. So, so what do you all think that really is going to be? Because um, let's just say, okay, the sun doesn't shine. Okay, and it's perpetually night during this time. You can go inside and turn on a light. So what is the darkness that is so thick that uh, men will be gnawing their tongues? For pain. It'd be the pain from the sores they have. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think it's going to be a total blackout. It did yeah. say it. I'm reading it in the Bible. You remember the uh, 
the plagues of Egypt when the darkness came. Uh huh. And it said that uh, it was the darkness was so dark that you could put just like the great dark day, you could put a right. white sheet on your face and you could not see it. Right. Right. So, but but so that was that was outside. I'm talking about when you come inside, you can turn on your electric electricity. If you don't have electricity, you can t you light a candle. If you don't have a candle, you can turn on a, a flashlight, whatever. So my thing, I'm thinking that maybe this is not simply a physical darkness, but it could also be combined with a spiritual darkness. Well, we are, we already know at that point probation is closed. They're, the people that are wicked are they can't get any more wicked. They're locked in their wickedness. Right, right. And so I, I think everything right. else is physical. So I think this is going to be physical as well. I, I don't think God will allow any artificial light to be shown. It's just going to be blackness everywhere. And, and man, that, that darkness is going to drive them crazy. There's not going to be any relief that you can find through your, through your physical means. God is so, always so. So you mean to tell me that that, <laughs> and I'm just I'm just kidding here. I'm just playing here. That um, they've gone back to playing sports now, without without a, 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 the crowds or audience or whatever. They're doing uh, concerts on uh, virtually now without an audience. They're doing everything now without an audience. So you mean to tell me that they won't be able to do any of that because the darkness will just be darkness. Yes, we remember that these <laughs> plagues are coming in succession, one after the other. Once right. they start, there will be no let up, like like bombs coming in. There's not going to be any reprieve, any retreat. It's just going to be relentless, one after the other. So they're not going to have time to strategize and see if they can get Amory and UE out to get some power lines up. It's over. <laughs> Yes, so why, 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 okay, yes, so why why can't they because because these plagues are not gonna be universal? Why can't they just go to a place where it's not the happening? rich the rich will be able to do that? The rich folk will be able to do that. They think because you know there what is it's, it's, it's not gonna be universal, but whatever plague that you're on at that time, it's gonna devastate you to the point where it's gonna it's gonna totally uh, uh, knock out your flow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, wait a minute, I'm just playing. Wait a minute, I'm, just playing I'm just playing the devil's advocate here because people are gonna really want to know this stuff, and some people are still gonna be scoffers, like 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 the people that built the Tower of Babel. God said, "I'm never gonna do this again. I'm never gonna destroy the earth by fire. I mean, by water again." And what did they do? But in, the well, in the flood, when it came, they've been flooded away. They didn't make any sense. No, 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 no. They built the Tower of Babel because in their minds, it's not, we're going to obey. No, we're not going to obey. We're going to figure out a way around this. Okay, I have something. <laughs> okay. On the next, the next um, sentence up under that says, then the rainbow shining with the glory from the throne of God spans the heavens and seems to encircle each praying company. In other words, those who are praying, who are sealed to God, he's going to give them light. So that implies to me that it's not going to be, even if you have the street lights on, the, the um, darkness is going to be so thick that even it's just, let's say that the um, light is not going to shine more than two feet or three feet, if that. So that's uh, right there. Then it says the angry multitudes are suddenly, they stop. Whatever they're doing, they stop because they re recognize that this is just not night. This is beyond night. This is something completely different. So I thought about that. Then the last statement says, with fearful forebodings, they gaze upon the symbol of God's covenant. That's the rainbow. That's the only light they're going to see and long to be shielded from its overpowering brightness. So just as dark it is, as it is darkness, the only light coming from anybody is going to be from that rainbow. That's what I'm, I'm reading into that. Then also, if you look at the sentence after that, it says, at midnight, God manifests his power for the deliverance of his people. Then it says, the sun appears. So the sun is gone, dense blackness, so black that you can't even see anything. And, you know, when, when these plagues are happening, I don't think anybody's going to be playing basketball. You know, people are... <laughs> I hope not. These are serious, and it, and like Lakita read, the people are going to be just shocked and amazed, and their attention mm -hmm. is going to be totally on what's going on around them. 
I know it's like uh, you had mentioned earlier, Karen, everybody wants things to return to normal. This is not going to be normal. But, but, but you know what? You, you said you don't think people are going to be Everybody's going to be paying attention. You said you don't think people are going to be doing those things as the Bible says, as in the days of Noah. They're going to be doing this. They're going to be doing that. They're going to be doing this. And then the Son of Man is But doing the plagues? Plagues well, come down on them? Well, then destruction comes. So that might be right before the plagues hit. Because mm -hmm. once the plagues start, they're not going to stop. There will be no peace and safety, nothing. No. It's just going so to be from there too late straight them. to the Lord. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So again, this is they, get a God forgive me. It's too late. They won't. They won't ask God forgive me because their case has forever been decided. Their minds are okay. reprobate, and they will remain reprobate. Yeah, it's too okay. late. Their decision has okay. been made, and even if they do try repent, it's not true repentance. They just want to get out of the situation they're in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But let's go to two forty-seven. What happens then in the sky? There appears against the sky a hand holding two tables of stone folded together and the heavens shall declare his righteousness for God is judge himself. And then that holy law, God's righteousness that amid thunder and flame was proclaimed from Sinai as the guide of life, guide of life is now revealed to men as the rule of judgment. The hand mm -hmm. opens, Go ahead. Sorry. The hand opens the tables and there are seen the precepts of the Decalogue traced as with a pen of fire. The words are so plain that all can read them. Memory is aroused. The darkness of superstition and heresy is swept from every mind. And God's 10 words, brief, comprehensive, and authoritative, are presented to the view of all the inhabitants of the earth. Okay. What's the point of all that? Show all the scoffers, all the false prophets, that God's law was never done away with. His decalogue is going to be so pronounced by the fiery hand of God, the tables right in the sky, that there's not going to be any doubt in anybody's mind as to what God required of man. Hmm. Anyone else? What's the point of that? Well, I'm sorry, I got a lot of point of what? We're on 247. God's law appears in the sky. I think that in, that in the end, when every knee shall bow, everyone will have to be able to confess that God is just and that they chose not to abide by his law. Mm -hmm. And isn't it a very interesting? Um, it always seemed to come back to some kind of a court situation because this is like a court situation, a court in heaven. So if you have a person who's on the stand and they're say, saying, no, I wasn't at the store at that time. I never go to that store. I've never been to that store, you know, so I didn't do it. Whatever you said was done. I wasn't even there. But then the prosecution says, well, what about this videotape we have for you right here at the store? You know, and it's like there's there's no denying it now. They got living proof. So when people say I never knew about God's law, that I was never taught that or whatever their excuse may be for not keeping God's law. He makes it apparent and clear to everyone. This is my law. This is what I've been telling everybody about. This is it. You can't say you didn't have an opportunity. Also, it reminds me of uh, in Matthew, when they had the woman um, who was getting ready to be tortured by everybody who had been involved with her. And Jesus wrote all their sins on the ground. But this time, it's going to be written in the sky. And every man who looks up there will know what he is being judged. He'll know his own sin. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's move along this. Uh, the lost condemned the false shepherds. What false shepherds are they talking about? Preachers who didn't preach the truth. Preachers who didn't preach the truth. Right. Okay. It does someone have a comment on the preachers who didn't preach the truth? Okay, on no. 247, unfaithful pastors have prophesied smooth things. They have led their hearers to make void the law of God and to persecute those who would keep the law of God holy. Now in their despair, these teachers confess before the world their work of deception. And when they admit that they was lying to people, what do the people want to do to them? Kill them. What do the people want to do to those preachers? 
They wanted to kill him. They wanted to rip him apart because we are lost because of you, they say. And then they turn upon those false shepherds to slay them. It's pretty amazing. It says that God's word is made of no effect by false shepherds. If you have pastors or so-called preachers or pastors and they're preaching falsehoods, they're denying God's truth. They're denying the Holy Scriptures. So they're just saying God's word doesn't matter. His law doesn't matter. His testimony doesn't matter. Just do what I say and everything will be great. And then at the end, when it comes out that they were lying, then the people that they lied to who trusted them turn against them to, to destroy them. Will it truly be somebody else's fault that you were lost? I mean, for real. That's a good question, isn't it? Yes, it is. Somebody else's uh, fault. For example, in slavery, then the masters are going to burn for the slaves' sins. And the slaves will be as if they were not. That's in the L.G. White book that. So yes, it's possible uh, someone else will be held responsible for their sins. When you take responsibility of somebody else's life and force them through a co what is it, coercion and by threat of life, et cetera, to disobey God, or you train them from a child up to disobey God and they are up under your authority, you're taking on their sins. Hmm. Also... Also, mm -hmm. we know that the, that the devil himself is going to burn for all the sins he caused God's repentant people to commit. Mm -hmm. And we also know that as, as Seventh-day Adventists, God has given us responsibility to say for where much is given, much is required. And so if we don't sound the alarm, we have the blood of those who we did not warn will be on our heads. So if we don't sound the trumpet, lift it up and loud, let it ring, then their blood will be on our heads. So we can't just sit in a cave like a monk and try and pray and fast. But as Christians, we are to be his disciples to, to give this last warning message. Amen. Sister White talks about a dream that she had where she was... Uh, reluctant to spread the word like God was calling her to do. And she had a dream where all these people were walking and she would bump up against them and, and then their blood would get on her. And the Lord was telling her, this is going to be your fate if you don't preach the word, you know? So all of us are called as Paul was saying to spread the gospel. So that won't happen to us. Uh, we'll have to move ahead quickly. Uh, the sixth plague, what's the sixth plague? It's on page 248. That's where the spirits of devils go forth to the kings of the earth to, to deceive them. And it was noted that the, the, the kings of the earth are looked at as three frogs, uh, the, the devil, the false prophet, and what was the other one? The devil, the false prophet, and the beast. So the devil we know is Satan. Uh, anybody know who the false prophet is? <laughs> That's false Protestant That's system. False. And the beast is who? The papal system. And those, are, those three will get oh, together at the last days to once again spread uh, falsehoods and then to condemn the people of God to uh, fines, torture, and then uh, death finally. And they're called the... Uh, that's the sixth plague where that happens. So they're going to, the devil's going to get out and try and get people to continually fight against God and go against him. But at the last, how many sides will there be to this battle? Only the battle of sides. Armageddon. Well, what is it? Two sides. Which one? What are the two sides? Satan and God's side. Yeah. You're either going to be for God or against God. Okay, so it's soon to be fought. Uh, Jesus is going to be fighting. The devil and his armies are going to fight. On the 251, as we close out, it says the whole earth heaves and swells like waves of the sea. That's part of the seventh plague. The whole earth is earthquakes. The surface of the ground is breaking up. The foundation giving away. Mountains are sinking. Islands are disappearing. And it said inhabited islands. Uh, the seaports 
swallowed up by angry waters. The proud cities are laid low. The palaces are destroyed and crumbling. Prison walls are knocked down. And God's people have been held in bondage for their faith are set free. At that time also as great hailstones would be coming down, hitting the wicked also. So as we see through these seven last plagues, that was talking about uh, the wicked, the, what's going to happen to the wicked in the seven last plagues. Uh, uh, two weeks from now, when we do chapter 18, is going to be talking about the seven last plagues and what's going to happen to the righteous during that time. So there's the two sides there, the wicked on one side, the righteous on this side. Uh, we'll study about that in a couple of weeks. So uh, appreciate everybody's commentary and and questions. Uh, Karen, which chapter are we on for next week? We'll be uh, on chapter 70 in Testimonies for the Church, volume one. And the title of that chapter is Dangers and Duty of Ministers, which goes dangers probably right along with what we're talking about here. I didn't know ministering was a dangerous job. Mm. Excuse me, mm. Sister Karen. Yes. I had you on mute. What chapter did you say? Chapter 70. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, before we go, is there any uh, special prayer requests? Yes, for my, for my children's spiritual growth. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. guess what? what my happened? children, uh, they have limited children coming back to the campus. And when they came back, about I think about 2,500? No, no, under 2,000, something like that. But of those 2,000 people only i would say 12 people have the virus mm. and with uh, in alabama a thousand people have the virus kids students or whatever so i was i was like i would answer my prayer to protect that whole university it is san antonio uh university in, in texas mm. i was like i thought that was Amherst. pretty amazing uh, Tori, are, are you still on? We're going to ask you to give a prayer after everybody. Yeah, I'm okay, still here. Okay. So I, okay, so I found where it, said, where it says that with Sister White. He says, um, the slave master is there to assume the responsibility of God over his slave. And accordingly, the sins, ignorance, and vice of the slave, he will be accountable for. He will be called to an account for the power he has society over the slave. Hmm, have mercy. Mm -hmm. Okay, any other special requests? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, could you pray for my family? Okay, Sister Harper's family, Alvina's family. Yes, my um, daughter-in-law's grandmother is very ill. And her name is Phyllis Martin. So I'm asking you all to pray for her. Okay. I would like to uh, ask for special prayer for Verdiel uh, Lawrence. Uh, many of you know, um, she's, she went through a heart attack not too long ago, uh, shortly after she lost her daughter. And uh, she just lost her mother last month. And she's just really going through some, some difficult times. So hmm. we as her church family need to lift her up. Sorry to hear that. Hmm. Okay. Any other special prayer requests? Um, also pray for my son, Chris. Um, he's trying to get the approval to from his job to return to work. So just pray that, that the Lord works that out. All right. I also want to pray for uh, Brother and Sister Biddy and Lewis. They're really having a difficult time trying to uh, find, a, find a home and everything. Also, uh, Teresa. Who is that, Paul? That's. Uh, Betty and Lewis. Oh. And also want to pray for Teresa's parents. Uh, they also are looking uh, to purchase a home too as well. Okay. Oh yeah, and pray for the property that we're trying to get. <laughs> all right. And then of course, pray for all the church family uh, and yeah. that we'll all continue to do God's will and be more and more like Jesus each day. Yes. Okay, Elder, Tori. Uh, you guys uh, continue. I don't know if you heard uh, the Wilburn family, Elder Roosevelt Wilburn lost his dad. Uh, mm -hmm. So continue to pray for his family as well. Uh, another request is uh, my kids 
they are somewhat forced to go back to school because the virtual technology has failed tremendously at a high percentage, so they had to go back physically. But, you know, it's fine because the Lord had already spoke to me and told me to tell my wife that, you know, that they will be protected. But your prayers will only just help the Lord to uh, continue to do that on a daily basis, okay? So with that being said, let us pray. Spirit of the living God, we are so grateful that you have designed these sacred hours for us to enjoy and to connect with thee. And we see the beauty of your holiness, O Lord, as we study uh, these truths, Lord, to not only warn us, but to keep us ready for your soon coming. So we are just so thankful that the things that we read and the information that you give and the revelation, Lord, has been exposed to us. God, we can't say anything but hallelujah to your name because you love us so much. You will tell us the truth of the matter, unlike man. And I say, God, thank you because it let us know that you have our salvation Uh, in your best interest. And thank you for creating us to love us forever. So Lord, we pray uh, that the wicked people, Lord, that's on this earth, uh, for those who we could reach, we ask that you work through us, that we can help them open their eyes to see that we're living in these perilous times and they could turn their hearts to you, their creator, and they can see and have a different perception uh, why that they can be saved and why your love will sustain them uh, for the rest of the time being in earth history. So follow all the requests that have been made from the first and to the last request. Since I cannot remember them all, I know that you have jotted them down in heaven. We ask that you uh, put a special visitation on all these requests. Now we pray day in and day out. We pray on Wednesday night. We pray, Lord, and asking and asking and asking. Lord, we were ready for you uh, to take uh, the initiative now and look down on our prayer requests. And as you see fit, that you bless them and fulfill them for the design of your name to be glorified by your people and that people can utilize uh, your blessings as a witnessing too for someone else in their families or on their jobs or in their communities where the earth could be made full aware of your love. So God, we ask, uh, that's why we want these blessings, oh Lord, uh, and our prayer request to be fulfilled and answered. So now we ask that you have heard us. Now we believe by faith that some of these things, not if not all these things will take place soon and very soon that we may uh, strengthen one another once more in our worship with thee. So take us, keep us for the rest of these sacred hours. That's our prayer in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you. All right, everybody, have a blessed rest of the day. Continue to witness for the Lord. (laughs) Amen.